Okay, so we're talking later on tonight, spoilers, to a man who trains uh, sniffer dogs. Sniffer dogs. Drug sniffer dogs. Sniffer. Do you know what? I always get paranoid. I didn't want to say this when mm-hmm. I was talking to Steve because I was acting kill. But uh, I, every time there's those sniffer dogs, even though like I haven't taken any drugs or anything like that or even have fruit, it freaks me out. I'm of like, course it does. Oh my god! Is this dog gonna start sniffing me? What happens if it starts sniffing me and I've got justified that I don't have anything on me or I haven't taken any drugs? And you're like, oh my god, oh my god, it's stressy, stressy, stressy. Then it cruises past, and you're like, for you, and I'm like, I haven't done anything wrong. I <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story before. Oh go try try me try okay, me. Okay, I'll okay, cut okay. you off if okay. Ugh, chitty chats. Let's just sit and back I think and I think this, this is an okay story to tell. So I had a friend. <laughs> He uh, used to. Oh, I won't give. He doesn't. You don't need to know specifically. Who it's just was. a friend. Shut up, it's chitty chatter. Just listen. But <laughs> a friend who worked on the TV show that I used to do. And then one night he's finished up with the show and had to go to pick his friend up from the international airport. His friend's coming in from a flight. He said, I'll do the right thing. I'll come pick you up from the airport, even though it's late. I don't care. Copy. He's at the airport waiting for his mate. Dog comes up, sniff, sniff, sniff. He's like, oh, hello, little dog. And they said, uh, oh, we might have to ch- have a chat with you. And he said, oh, no, no, well, I don't have any food or anything on me if that's what you're worried about. And in all honesty, he's a clean living bloke. And he was like, oh, I don't know what. And they said, well, have you been, where have you been? He said, I've just come from work. And he said, well, and they said, well, what are you doing? He's like, I'm in the park. But I'm going to do is show you my head off. <laughs> but long story short, they said, so what did you do when you finished work? He said, well, I came straight here. And they said, did you come straight here? And he said, well, I finished the show. I went down to all our people. I said, thank you very much. And I said goodbye to the guests. Then I went into the band's room it's to say goodbye the to the band. There was a bit of hugging and thank you very much to the band. And then he's left. So someone in the band that was on that particular evening has been having a good old time. And it's ended. The residue has ended up on him. And the sniffer dog picked it up at the airport. I was wondering <laughs> about that because... Yeah, because you don't know if it's because they've got it on them or they've just, you know, been around it. Because it's not your fault. Well, also because there's different dogs for different things. So a dog yeah. could come up to you and it's a, like some of them, are they're just apples and bananas. I was recently in New Zealand. They have, there's a picture like of an, you walk in, there's a picture of an apple. Oh. And it said, this could cost you $5,000. But I read it with their adorable accent. This could cost you $5,000. I can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. You call it border security. It's hilarious. <laughs> But that, to me, is more terrifying than, have you got drugs on you? Oh, yeah. But I was like, mate, it's an apple. Chill out. And I had, I had a friend who worked. <laughs> I had a friend who worked for customs and used oh, to yeah. train the sniffer dogs for the fruit, the fruit and veg dogs. And he had one little beagle who kept failing all that. He failed his tests. No, dude. It's because he's too nice. There's nothing wrong with having the a little dog in the world. Yeah, he's too nice. He's like, mate. I don't care about apples. Like, I'm not going to change the world by not letting apples into the country. But he failed. I think you get three strikes. So he sat his first test. And then what happens? He gets put down. Oh, my God. That's so sad. <laughs> they make him smell a poison apple. No, no, no. He's just... He but just, he just be- hangs out with the family, right? He becomes... He be- no, he, he literally he becomes a pet dog. He just becomes a pet. They say, right, you, you can't work. You're not good enough. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I wish someone go- would tell me I'm not good enough to work and I just sit around and just get... Petted all the time. I can smell Brilliant. a. I can smell a banana from a mile. I know when we have a banana in the house. Yeah, those things reek. You can't pick a banana. You deserve to have your nuts cut off. Hey, if you're listening, Beagle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I've lost my mind. Are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> anyway, I was going to tell a story about my cat getting drunk. We'll save it for another time. Here's <laughs> the pre-prepared bit. <laughs> Gotta kick it off with a killer. 
to grab attention. Then you gotta take it up enough. All right, all right, all right. I thought you sounded good. You're a lovely voice from radio. You are out of your mind if you think I'm going to put this person on the air. Are we going to be goofing off like this every day? Rove McManus and Sam Frost. This is Rove and Sam. Hey, Humpers. This is Rove and Sam on your Wednesday. Welcome. Gee, I haven't humped in a while. <laughs> it was your birthday yesterday. Did you not go home and... No. No, late night. No. Too late. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I feel you would... I would, yeah. I do feel you would. I would be like, hey, guys, guess what? Plus I'll make Friday. Now. But uh, it's almost as if the birthday festivities are continuing, Sam, because tonight we're going to be chatting to a man. He works with drugs and dogs, Sam, but in a good way. And the mafia? It's not like he's selling drugs to dogs. I know. That and the would... mafia, yes. And the mafia? You know what? That's prisons? what we're going to say about it. How do you mean he works with drugs and dogs and the mafia? You'll find out when we return because we're going to chat to a man by the name of Steve Kelleher. He has written a book called The Last Dog on the Island and we'll chat to him about his incredible experiences when we come back. Rogan Sam. Sam, you are going to love this. Oh, I know. Think of it as a belated birthday gift. Thank you. Because you love your true crime. I do. So we've got a man. His name is Steve Kelleher. He joins us on the line. He is the author of a book called The Last Dog on the Island, telling the story of him and his dog Elise who have worked for Customs, the Police, the Federal Police and the Correction Services. They've hunted down marijuana stashes, caches of amphetamines, probably the old banana at an airport. Sure. Here he is. He's on the line now. Steve, good evening and thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Robin Sam. Okay, so I'm sure every person with a bong anywhere near him right now wants to know, <laughs> how far away can they pick up a scent? Oh, uh, well, in the case of, um, of cannabis, which is, is the strongest odour of, of any of the drugs that are considered illegal at the moment, a very long way. And if you've got to consider that the dog is using its, its natural hunting instincts but its sense of smell is hundreds of times the human sense of smell. They're picking up things we can't even register. So if the wind is blowing in the right direction and wind and air currents are the thing as a handler, you're always trying to gauge and watching the dog swinging in and out, it can be a considerable distance that the dog will track something in. Are they always on? Like, you can obviously give them the command, like you see mm. them at the airports, they're yep. running through all the bags. Oh, but then yep. when, like, Elisa's just at home, can she just hang out in the backyard or is, if someone's doing something they shouldn't next door, is she off? Customs dogs aren't like the police dogs. They actually aren't kept home kennels. So they don't know a home life. They actually kept in work kennels. All their rewards comes from work. So they are not normally just walked down the street with people going about their business. But having said that, when a dog's retired, that sense, that training they've been given to find those very special odours does not switch off. Mm. Now, you've tackled everything from bikey gangs, hardened criminals, even the mafia. The mafia drug (laughs) ring. That is pretty intense stuff. What's the scariest situation you've found yourself in? Well, I'd like to take single-handed credit for taking on all those criminal groups. But, of course, as the dog handler and the customs officer, an unarmed customs officer, I am working really as the specialist assisting the police. They might be doing the hard entry or containing the premises. I'm not kicking in doors. Mm. I'm not cuffing anyone. Having said that, I've always found it strange as an outsider to these organisations, particularly the police when they were doing a, a job where the person was known to be dangerous or have firearms or be violent, that the most dangerous weapon that I had 
was this happy Labrador who was wagging her tail and jumping up and looking at me for the for the signal to go. And I remember doing this thing on this was in Melbourne and and there was a, a, a group of detectives who were kidding up for a hard entry and they were putting on bulletproof vests. They were cocking the pump-action pump shotguns and putting the cartridges. They were loading automatics. There were people taking practice swings with baseball bats. Everyone was getting G'd up for this job. And I looked around and Elise is like jumping up and I'm giving her my special dog voice. Oh, come on, what are we going to find? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, this is, it looks pretty soft compared to these guys, but she was a very effective tool at her job. That's what we were there for. Well, we thank you and Elise for uh, keeping not only the nation but especially the Apple Isle in line. And just being badass and just kicking ass. I think it's brilliant. The last (laughs) dog on the island. The book is out now. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you very much. Rove and Sam. Rove and Sam. Sam, I look at your hands and I see a working girl. I know, right? I feel so bad. You have the hands of a prostitute. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what? No? Have I got that wrong? No, that's come out wrong. Only on Saturdays, right? Now you... <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, now it's no secret. Yes. You are doing something that involves being in a kitchen on a regular basis at the moment. Guys, I'm going on Hell's Kitchen for Channel 7. There we go. That's it. <laughs> And what I'm very proud of today... Yes. I'm seeing the official blue band-aids. Guys, I have... My hands are destroyed. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I have been in there a very short period of time and I have already cut and burnt all of my hands. I've got three bandages all over my hands. A because great corker of a blister. <laughs> They're so bad. This, see that? Mm, what is that little divity thing? Some cuts on my hand. On your knuckle. Did a few on your challenges. knuckle. Did you punch someone? No. Spoilers. I can't t- say anything. Can't I can't say, say what Maybe I she did. did. Maybe she did. But let me tell you, I've been working so hard that my hands are destroyed. And like, I just forget things are hot and I pick <laughs> them up and I'm just like, bah, bah, bah. like you can't use anything that I say because I just swear all the time. Or cluck you, like a chicken. Apparently. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like when I burn my hands, like, oh, can you not swear? And it's like, what am I supposed to say? Oh, holy moly. <laughs> oh, third degree fingers. burns. <laughs> Fiddlesticks. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me day one in, in uh, the job. I, I worked in a kitchen for about a year. That would be hilarious. I was mate. It was one of my what first jobs. What were you jobs. doing? I was essentially uh, a kitchen hand. It meant I had to do a lot of prep work just yep. in like a pub. Sound like Anchor and Fremantle. Big shout out. <laughs> day one, they said to me, chop onions, as they seem to do on all these sorts of shows anyway. But my day one, they said, here's a big pile of onions. We need some onions. And I am not kidding. I chopped three <laughs> chops. Oh, yeah. Right, I just went chop, Slice. chop, turned my head, chop. No! I know what you're going to say! And to this day, Sam, I will never forget the feeling of the, and the sound of the chunk as the knife Bro. stopped. The only reason it stopped going Bro. through my th- thumb completely was because it hit my thumb nail. I still have the scar to this day. Right! That's my worst nightmare. Have you ever seen Marco chopping things up? He doesn't even look. He's like... <gasps> so now I know Marco's on the show. Got it. Spoilers. Spoilers. Ah, jinx! Ah, Bro, that is a catastrophe disaster. It is. And and so then I'm pouring... Blood is pouring out my finger and my thumb and I'm having to do... having to cover it up and they're like, we still need the onions. Oh, so what do you do? I had to keep chopping. Dude. Then there's another time. Had to slice ham. And oh, again, same. wasn't really good at it. <laughs> I'm still new. Sliced the tip of my thumb off. Jesus. A week later, I'm cleaning the meat slicer. Found the tip of my thumb. 
Oh, my golly goodness. Good news, found, found the thumb. Bad news, <laughs> quite clearly, they do not keep that thing clean. And that's why now you work in entertainment. Yeah, it might have been my thumb. I've always had a, a brown tip on my thumb. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure that was my skin. Pretty sure it was my skin. Rose and Sam. Thank Sorry, you. Sam, a bit emotional today. Why? <laughs> I've got a confession to make. Go on. I've got an addiction. It's like a, a daily battle for me to wrestle with my demons. Chocolate. I have, no. You're probably thinking, oh, yeah. Alcohol. No. Gee, I love a wine. It's skill testers, a.k.a. claw machines. <gasps> the claw. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. That's I wake up in a cold sweat saying that sometimes. But there's a man in China who's collected uh, over 3,000 toys in the course of a calendar year. 15,000 is his record. Hang on. How many in a year? 3,000. Right. He's done pretty well for himself. And I'm looking at a picture of him. Dude. We'll post it on our socials. He has so many of these toys. Have a look at him. He couldn't be happier. (laughs) You know, the plush toys. You know what I'm talking about. This is the machine. It comes down, it it picks them up. It's a bit wibbly wobbly. Do you know what I've never liked about those machines? Is because I always feel like the claw can't Mm -hmm. handle the weight of the plush toy. That's why. And then I get frustrated and then I scream at the thing and then the alarm goes off and then I'm (laughs) escorted by security and I'm like, guys. (laughs) That's why Sam's never been back to a Westfield again. Exactly. Okay, but I say this is a, a problem for me and it was, I was in about 2008 severely addicted to these machines. They're to the point where I'm not joking. I would take an extra 30 minutes out of my way. I would leave 30 minutes early on the way to the studio when we do used to do our old TV show Dude. to go to the nearby shopping centre because they knew I knew they had a really good machine there that was really good that I, I knew I knew the grip on it. I knew I knew how right. to judge it. And I would right. go there and I would get toys. And I got so many toys, Sam. It filled my office. It got to the point where I would come back from the shops at lunch. I would go to the little uh, shopping centre up the road at lunchtime. I would come back with toys. There would be a ceremony as I would put it uh, up in my uh, office. That's weird. It got so bad. And I had so many that they, for my birthday, rented an empty (laughs) claw machine that they put. I, I came into the office on my birthday. They had it in my actual office. Filled with all the toys I had won. Were you a bit devo that someone's touched precious toys? <laughs> you know that's a very good point. That person is no longer with us. They've been fired from the company. <laughs> but that's when I learned the deep, dark secret. Uh-oh. What's the secret, Rove? The secret is. So, obviously, you can open up, open it up. You can put as many credits as you want in the yes, machine. absolutely. There's like a little, you open the, the inside of the guts, there's a thing that says, how many credits? Click, 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 click. Next to it, claw tension. You could set it to go very, very tight, which meant if it grabs something, it grips it very, very tight. Got it. Or you could skew it to the left, loose, picks it up, wobble, I don't know how anything, I don't know how to hold nothing, mate. So you can change it inside the claw machine. So what I found is the reason why I was going to specific shopping centres was they had obviously set their claw at the tighter level where your your accuracy was much more guaranteed. Those rascally claw machines? They are rascally. I don't trust anything anymore. But I still feel to this day that I know, I know from... Just, I'll just have one crack at it. No. And wife. now I've got a daughter. Well, we go past. She's like, could you bring me that? Of course I can, my child. She is an enabler. That's the whole point I wanted to bring. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to head to one of those right now. I've got the urge. 
Well, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Uh, thank you very much to Steve Kelleher for joining us tonight. His uh, book, The Last Dog on the Island. Check it out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and Sam, thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening yourself. Thank you as well, Rove. To as the well. rest of you, you are not relieved of duty. Stick around for Ash London Live. We will catch you tomorrow night. Until then, I'm Rove McManus. How do you mum for me? Rove and Sam. That, that was, that was uh, Radio wow. Gravy. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Rove and Sam. 